Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. What is patience? Patience isn't waiting for God's promise. Patience is preparing for God's promise. Patience isn't a set and forget activity. Patience isn't something we say, well, uh, it seems like it's ahead in my future, so I might as well just sit on my hands and wait for it to fall on my lap. That's not patience. Patience is not a passive activity. Patience is proactive. Patience is faith in action. And so that's what we're going to continue is talking about patience. So y'all ready to make patience popular again tonight for part three? Stand to your feet as we read the scripture together in honor of God's word. Thank y'all for staying to y'all's feet. Uh, what we're going to kick off with is Exodus uh, 9, verse 16. Don't worry, y'all aren't standing long. It's got one verse for y'all. Um, Exodus chapter 9, verse 16. Now, this is when uh, God is telling Moses uh, what to tell Pharaoh. He's telling Moses what for him to say when, when Pharaoh kind of comes against uh, releasing the Hebrew people. And this is what uh, God tells Moses to tell Pharaoh. Verse 16. He says, but indeed for this purpose, everybody say purpose. I have raised you up. Who's glad that God has raised you up for a purpose? Who's glad that God has something in front of you? Because I never want to reach a place where God doesn't have anything left, right? There will never be a place or position in your life where God is done with you. But God is always raising us up for a season and for a purpose and for a promise until we see him in heaven. God is always raising us up. He said, you have raised you up that I may show my power in you and that my name may be declared in all the earth. In all the earth title for tonight, um, man, I was really going through different titles in my head. You know, I was thinking about calling it microwave on a mission or whatever, crockpot. But what we're calling it tonight, turn to your neighbor, say crockpot callings. Crockpot callings. That being said, y'all can be seated. Let's pray over tonight. Let's pray over tonight. Father, we thank you right now, God, that your will is going to take place tonight. We thank you, Father, for, God, this peace entering into our souls right now. There might be a weary father or mother in this place feeling so stressed out about life, but God, right now, bring peace to their minds. God, right now, bring peace to their souls. Let them understand that you have everything under control. Father, right now, we thank you that we don't gather for any other name but your name. We gather for the name of Jesus. So let your will be done. We thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders taking place tonight. We thank you, God, that what is going to happen tonight in our, in our hearts, let it be a good seed that is sown, that we're going to reap fruit from it. So, Father, have your way. God, we just thank you, Father, for chains falling off. God, we thank you, God, for uh, depression fleeing. God, we thank you for the, the broken being mended. God, we thank you that tonight, Father, we're going to see your perfect will take place. We love you so much, Jesus. Thank you for giving us the opportunity just to love and serve your name. We love you, Jesus. And everybody says, everybody says, amen, amen. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise tonight. Has anybody ever tried to um, prepare or cook a roast in a microwave? Just me? I remember I did that a long time ago when I was, you know, put a roast in a microwave. Can I say it didn't taste good? Like, even though it, it took, it, you know, uh, it happened quickly, and I was able to, to get the food, uh, the roast quickly. It was not worth it. 
I remember taking a bite of that roast. I put it in the, you know, cooked it in the microwave. You know, I think I was a teenager. I don't, you know, I, you know, when you're a teenager, you're just hungry. You don't care what it is, really. You know what I'm saying? Um, like, put that roast in the microwave and and took it out, and it wasn't enjoyable, um, and it wasn't, you know cooked evenly. It was cold on the inside because these, there's some things that just aren't made for a microwave. There's some things that are more made for something that is going to uh, marinate. It's for something that's going to uh, cook it through and through. But, you know, sometimes when you get so hungry, you'll settle for microwave hot pockets, right? Even though you're like, this isn't going to taste good. You ever been to a microwave hot pocket and it's so hot? It like, it's, either, it's either one or two things. You either bite into that hot pocket, and it's so hot, you get third-degree burns. Or you bite into that hot pocket, and it's so cold, your tongue sticks to it, right? Like, it's, like it's either one or two. But that's just what, like, a microwave, here's the thing. It wasn't built to cook food. A microwave was built just to heat food. It wasn't meant to make and bring out the ingredients and bring out the best of it. That's not what a microwave was made to do. A microwave was just made to heat up your leftovers. That's all it was made to do. It wasn't made to actually uh, prepare and to cook and to marinate a, a meal that tastes good. Because although you can eat something from a microwave, like I ate that roast, it was edible. But it wasn't enjoyable, right? It wasn't, I was like this, I ain't ever doing this again. But on the flip side, as we got the crock pot over here, on the flip side, when you put something in a crock pot, it might take a while. They're even called slow cookers. It might take a while. But when you bite into a roast made in a, in a crock pot, like, right, it's juicy, it's good, and who knows, it's worth the wait. Amen? In the same way, we can try to assimilate how we can put um, our own uh, you know, ventures or passions or purpose that God's placed in our lives. Uh, to either see if we can speed up the process or actually let the ingredients marinate for a little bit and make it worth the wait. See, I believe that we all have a purpose in this room. I don't think there's anybody in this room who was created by accident. I, I, I don't believe there was anybody in this room who God placed on this earth and was like, oh, that's my bad. No, like I believe everybody in this room that if you are breathing air and you have blood in your veins, let me tell you, you have a purpose on your life. I truly believe that. I believe that we all have a purpose on our life. But see, God has placed a purpose on each and every one of us. But we are the ones, what our responsibility is, is how are we going to steward our purpose? A lot of times we, we grab something from God and then we try to run with it on our own. You ever, like, like ever, God ever told you something and you just took it like, thanks God, now I'm going to go do it. And you try to do it on your own. If you ever tried that, you know that does not work. Like, not only do you need God's purpose, but you need his plans and his peace as well. You can't just take the will of God and try to do it by your own will to make it happen. See, what, but when we get the purpose or a promise, uh, we have the responsibility of how we're going to steward it. And we can either do two things. We can either take our purpose and put it in a microwave and say, let's speed this process up. Let's make it edible as soon as we can. Or you can say, you know what? I'm going to put my purpose in a crock pot. I'm going to put my calling in a crock pot. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to let God be one in control of this. I believe that, that we have two decisions of what we will do with our purpose. But when it comes to our collective purpose, who knows that none of us were called to bring glory to our name. None of us have a purpose to make ourselves famous. But matter of fact, your, everybody's collective purpose as 
sons and daughters of God, our purpose is to bring glory not to our name, but to the name of Jesus. That's our collective purpose. Our purpose is not to make our names famous, but Jesus famous. That, that our purpose is to push forward the gospel. Our purpose is to seek the lost and, and tell them about Jesus so they can be found. That is our collective purpose. That God will never place a purpose on your life so that way you could expand your bank account. God won't put a purpose on your life so that way you can go and, and you know, go on a vacation to Hawaii, right? You might get those things, but God didn't purpose you for that. The collective purpose of why we're all here is so that way we can unload hell and load up heaven and say there's somebody named Jesus who is better than anything out in the world. That is our collective purpose is to bring the good news to the forefront. That is our collective purpose. So what, who we're going to study tonight is a man named Moses because Moses had a purpose on his life. Moses, uh, if you've studied him or if you've read, you know, the book of Exodus, Moses had a purpose, and his purpose was to uh, lead his fellow Hebrew people out of captivity, out of slavery, and into the promised land. That was his purpose, and to be used by God. That was his purpose. But when you look at the life of Moses, you notice that he first tried to put his purpose in a microwave. You'll first notice that Moses, he, he tried to, to speed up what God was trying to do on the inside of him, and he tried to make it according to his timing and according to how he wanted it to happen. So that's what we're going to look at tonight is, is that the life of Moses and the purpose that God placed on his life. Just like you and I have a purpose, Moses had a purpose. And God had situated him in his life for, for a reason. And then this is where we're going to pick up in Exodus 2, um, verse 11. Exodus 2, verse 11, where we pick up, this is where in Moses' life, if, you, if you've never read about Moses, a quick synopsis is that Moses, um, he has been born into slavery. He, he was born a Hebrew, but uh, because of, of Pharaoh trying to uh, even squander the, the Hebrew people even more and trying to let out a decree of killing all uh, and murdering all babies under the age of, of two. Uh, because of that, uh, if you know the story, Moses' mom put little Moses in a boat and little Moses floated away to Pharaoh's daughter. Long story short, short uh, Moses grew up um, as the adopted son of the daughter of Pharaoh. And so he grew up this life. I mean, this is really what I want y'all to catch. Imagine being a part of a people group um, that you know you're a part of, that everybody knows that you're a part of this people group, um, but you are not enduring this same type of harsh treatment as your fellow people. And not only that, but you are experiencing the most um, exclusive and um, luxurious lifestyle that anybody on that planet could endure at the time. Because Egypt was uh, the, the powerhouse of the time. And so for you to be a prince of Egypt, that was a lifestyle of you never went to sleep hungry. That was a lifestyle of you never really had to lift up your finger to do anything. That was a lifestyle on a pedestal. So imagine Moses, born a Hebrew. Uh, everybody knows he was born a Hebrew, but he's living the life of an Egyptian prince, and he's watching his fellow Hebrews be treated uh, as a slave and be forced into labor. So all that context to pick up in verse 11. So this is Moses growing up as the adoptive um, son of Pharaoh's daughter. And verse 11 says, many years later when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people. Everybody say own people. 
So basically, Moses stepped off the palace steps and said, I want to you know, visit my own people. And so he went to the Hebrew people who have been slaves for almost 400 years up to this point. And he said he went to his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. Uh, and during his visit, he saw an Egyptian um, beating one of his fellow Hebrews. So Moses, who was born a Hebrew uh, and is being treated like the prince of Egypt because he is, and he's living that type of lifestyle, he begins to have a, a passion. He begins to have a burden. He begins to feel his purpose on the inside of him. And that was he, he had this sense of, of seeking justice for the Hebrew people, of had a sense of, of seeking justice for his fellow Hebrews who were experiencing such uh, extreme hardships that he, he knew it wasn't right. See, maybe the number one question I always get is, Caleb, you know, what is my purpose, right? And they always think I have the answer. <laughs> you hear me talking like, you know, like, hey, what is like? Let me just say, nobody knows that purpose but God and you. Like, that's how it's supposed to happen. If someone walks up to you and says, I know what your purpose is, and starts feeling like this, unless they are absolutely directed by the Holy Spirit, can I just say, don't listen to that person? But the number one question I ask, what is my purpose? I always respond with this. What are you passionate about? What is something that drives you? What is something that, that pulls on your heartstrings and you say, this is injustice and I seek justice for this? What, what is that? Your, your passions will lead you uh, to your purpose. And so that is what Moses is experiencing. He has this sense of compassion for his fellow Hebrews. He has this sense of, of being so upset. You ever been so upset with something that you know is wrong and you want to make it right? They've been so upset, like, I, I, man, I feel like I need to fix this. Uh, I don't know if you, I, I always felt that when, when I remember seeing when I was, you know, in, in middle school or high school and seeing somebody get picked on. I remember that this would always make us, man, that's not right. And sometimes I would try, as we see, uh, kind of same mistake that Moses did. I try to make that wrong or right myself, you know. But what you have to, have to realize is those things will pull on your heartstrings and it pulls you to what uh, your purpose is. And so he, Moses is feeling that. He feels that purpose on the inside of him. He feels that God is calling him to do something. He feels that God is pulling him. He feels the, he feels the, the, the grace for it. He, he feels the, the, the really boldness for it. He feels it pulling on his heartstrings. And this is what he feels. He, he feels that he needs to free his fellow Hebrews from slavery. That's what his purpose feels like. And if you've ever experienced that, you know what I'm talking about. When you know beyond a shadow of doubt, you can't even explain it, but you know this is why you're here is to do this. If you're a teacher and you know that that is your uh, purpose, you don't know how to explain it, but you love education and you love pouring into young people. And so you know that is why you're here. See, it's, it's that type of feeling of purpose. And in verse 12, so Moses sees his fellow Hebrew uh, getting beaten by Egyptian. And you remember, this is what he's so passionate about. And actually, that is his purpose, is to free his, his fellow Hebrew. So he sees them being beaten in the streets. And, and, and in verse 12, it says, after looking in all directions, somebody say all directions. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. He killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. See, what Moses was trying to do, he was trying to speed up his purpose. 
He was trying to take action on his purpose. See, he had a passion, right? Even God told him, hey, like he felt it that he needs to be the one to bring justice, right, to the Hebrew people. But he was doing it outside of God's timing and will. So he tried to speed up his purpose. He tried to make it happen on a snap and said, you know what, I'm going to take this into my own hands. And so he went and he committed murder. See, there will be things and happen in our lives. Say, well, 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 Pastor Caleb, what is a sign of impatience? A sign of impatience is are you making immoral decisions? A sign of impatience is are you breaking your values? A sign of impatience is, well, I love this person so much, and I know I'm supposed to wait until we get married and all, but we're going to be together forever. So what's the, you know, what's the point? Why, why? Impatience will lead us to doing things we never thought we would do. It would lead us to even Moses was committing a crime I'm sure he never thought he would commit. This is point one for tonight. It's this. Point one is that we become impulsive when we are impatient. We become impulsive when we are impatient. You ever been like in the line at Chick-fil-A? I know I use this a lot. Hey, this is my life, guys, all right? I'm at Chick-fil-A a lot. You know when you're in line at Chick-fil-A and you're getting impatient? And you see him walking with the bag towards you, and you're like, thank you, Jesus, right? And then they turn to, like, the next car or something, and you're like, I need to call somebody, right? Like, you get impulsive. You get impatient. The same thing happens with our purpose. We see it like it's lining up, or we think, oh, now's the day. The stars is aligning, and then when it doesn't happen, we start to be impulsive. We say, well, you know what? God, I gave you a chance. I, I, God, I, I tried to wait for you, but nothing's happening, so I'm going to go and do this thing. I'm going to go and try and make it happen on my own. I'm going to step outside this grace. I'm going to step outside this peace and try to make my purpose happen on my own. That is what putting your purpose in a microwave looks like. Because it looks good on the outside, right? That hot pocket you put in a microwave, it looks good on the outside, right? But once you take a bite out of it, it burns the heck out of you. And then you say, man, I wish I at least put it in the, in the oven or something. See, that's the same thing. We will try to speed up the process. And because of that, we make impulsive decisions. And in verse 13, it says, The next day, when Moses went out to visit his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. He said, why are you beating up your friend, Moses said to the one who started to fight. And the man replied, who appointed you? Turn to your neighbor and say, who are you? He said, who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as he killed that Egyptian yesterday? Then Moses was afraid, and he said, everyone knows what I did. You know, you can, you can always tell, have you ever watched like those videos of like comparing things that are cooked in a crock pot and a microwave? You know, they are comparing things that are cooked. Like, you know, you ever, maybe just me. Like you watch those videos or like that. Like, man, that's really interesting. I wonder if it's worth the wait, right? And every time you can always notice what's cooked in a microwave. You can always notice because you're like, man, something's off. Something's not right. I just, like, broke a tooth. Something's like, something like it's not cooked right or so, like, you know, I'm like, something's not right. See, when you try to speed up your purpose, you might think that you're fooling people and saying, look at me, look how I'm going. But from the outside, it might look, yeah, but the closer you get, you say, something's not right. Something's not lining up. Something isn't, isn't under grace in this situation. See, when we try to speed up our purpose, we might get uh, a quick result, but we're not going to end the way we want it to end. We're not going to come through the way we want it to come through. See, God's purpose, it has to be done God's way. 
You, you can't try to do God's will your way. You can't try to, to see the, 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 the future and say, okay, God, I see where you're taking me. I'm going to try to get there on my own because if you do that, we're, we're going to end up lost and heartbroken and confused. And I'm sure asking the question that Moses is asking himself right now, saying, God, I thought this was my purpose. I thought my purpose was to bring justice to my fellow Hebrews. I thought my purpose was to be the one to lead them out of this. Why? I'm just following after my purpose, God. Why is this happening to me? Because the purpose without patience is it's not purpose. That's you just trying to speed up the process. But when you have a purpose from God and say, God, I see where you're taking me, but I'm going to trust you that you're going to get me there. If you say, God, I see the purpose, I, I see the passion, I see where you want me to go, but Father, I'm not going to try to speed this up. I'm not going to try to get there on my own time. And instead, Father, I'm going to chase after you and not after my own self and see how that works out. I'm going to tell you, if you do that, it's going to taste a lot better than a microwave. If you do that, it's going to taste a lot better. You're going to get to the end of it and say, God, I thank you that I trusted your timing. See, Moses was walking around thinking, that nobody noticed, but everybody noticed. They said, who are you to do this? Who are you to do that? Do you, see, because he wasn't ready to step in to where God wanted him to be. He tried to speed it up. In verse 15, so he finds out that everybody knows. He, he, he's worried. And in verse 15, it says, and sure enough, Pharaoh had heard what had happened, and he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled. Everybody say fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian. Moses had to flee his purpose because he wasn't patient enough. He had to flee what God was telling him to do because he was trying to do it on his own human nature. He was trying to make it happen his way. He was trying to make it come together how he thought it should come together. He was trying to speed up the process. He was trying to speed up God's plan. Can I say there's no such thing as a fast track to, to your future? There's no such thing as, as looking ahead and seeing where God's promised you and say, okay, God, I see that over there, but God, I want that to happen in the next three weeks. God, make it happen. Chop, chop, right? There's no such thing as that. If you try to speed up the process, you're going to be running away from your purpose for the rest of your life. Moses was running away from his purpose. He was hurt by something that was supposed to bring him joy. He was hurt from something that was supposed to give him such a, a sense of, of belonging and identity. Why? Because he tried to speed up the process. There's some of us, you might be in this room tonight, and you know the purpose that God has placed on you, but for some reason you're running. For some reason you're fleeing from it. For some reason you know you're saying, God, I know you call me to do that, but I try to make that happen on my own, and I got heartbroken, and I got confused, and I, now I don't even want to do that, and you're running away from what God's trying for you to do with your life. You're running away from what God has said. This is what you're meant to do, and because you try to speed it up, because you tried to, to make it happen in the microwave, it didn't taste good when you took a bite, and because of that you just... Left it behind. Point two for tonight is purpose requires patience. Turn to the neighbor and say, purpose requires patience. Purpose requires patience. This is really the whole point of this series is that if you want to step into God's purpose, you got to employ patience. Don't be confused tonight and think that 
being in the purpose and plans of God is going to happen at a snap of the fingers and that you're going to be an overnight success and all of a sudden you're going to go to sleep one night and then wake up exactly where God wants you to be. That's not how it works. How it works is that you say, God, I'm going to trust you every step of the way. How it works is saying, God, I could go to my left or to my right and try to make things happen quicker. But no, I'm going to focus on you and I'm going to take the hard steps. I'm going I'm to surrender myself to you. I'm going to surrender myself to your time. And that's what patience looks like. Patience is the ultimate form of faith. Patience is saying, God, I could try to make things happen on my own, but I put more trust in you than I do myself. Patience saying, God, I could try and, and throw my purpose in a microwave, but I'm not as good as a cook as you are. Father, I want, to, I want my calling to be in a crock pot when it lets the ingredients marinate a little bit. It makes me mature a little bit. It'll make me understand that I don't get here on my own a little bit. That's what patience does for you. It makes you realize what your purpose is really worth. Patience makes you realize what your purpose is really worth. Imagine if your purpose was dropped on your, on your lap. It wouldn't be worth much. Easy come, easy go. God would drop something amazing in your lap like, oh, thank you, God, and not really appreciating the value. But when you're patient for something, man, has anybody been patient for something in this house tonight? When you are patient for something, ain't nobody's taking away what you fought for. Ain't nobody's convincing you that there is no God when you've been patient with him and you saw him come out time and time again. Nobody's going to convince you otherwise. That's what patience does for our faith. It makes us put worth on purpose. It makes us realize how, how much valuable it is to be aligned with God's purpose. That's what patience does for us. And so Moses was on the run. He runs to Midian. I'm sure he ran thinking his purpose is over. At this time, he's 40 years old thinking that he's made the biggest mistake of his life and might as well go into hiding, might as well just disappear for the rest of his life. But that's what I love about God. It's always in the times when we tried our own way. It's always in the times when we tried our own plan, our own timing, and realized that we're not good at life as God is good at it, that we say, God... I just trust him, and that's where he shows up. And in Exodus 3, verse 9, Moses has spent 40 years in Midian. He spent the same amount of time as he did in Egypt. He spent it in Midian. He spent the same amount of time as he did trying to rush it. He then spent it in Midian, in Midian and I believe he was being patient. And after 40 years, now he's at the age of 80, God appears to him in a burning bush. God appears to him, and out of nowhere, out of something that he thought was over, God appears to him, and they have a conversation. And in Exodus 3, verse 9, God tells him this. He says, look, he says, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I've seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go. Everybody say go. For I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people uh, of Israel out of Egypt. Moses spent 40 years on the run. He spent 40 years as a, a shepherd in Midian. He spent 40 years. And I'm sure he might have even 
forgot about the purpose he had back in Egypt. I'm sure he still said, oh, I think I messed it up. I, I think I've, I've gone too far. I, there is no more time for me. I think everybody even forgot about uh, Moses back in Egypt. But after 40 years, everybody forgot, but God didn't. After 40 years, there was no sign of progression. After 40 years, there was no sign of A, B, C, 1, 2, 3. Like, I wish sometimes God's plan was very easy to keep track of. You know, like, oh, here's step one. Oh, God, oh, step two over there. I see you over there, step two. Like, you know, like really easy and say, and then you say, oh, God, I see where you're going. Like, I see the progress. For 40 years, he's a shepherd. No progress on his purpose. For 40 years, he's in, he's just wandering around thinking that he's lost, thinking that he's done, thinking that God forgot about. For 40 years, God didn't even just nudge him at year 20 say, hey, 20 more years. It's 20 more years. Like, nothing. 40 years goes by. Not one ounce of progress with his purpose. But yet, all of a sudden, in a moment, a burning bush shows up. God shows up. That's what I love about our God. He never forgets the promises he's given you. He will never forget the purpose that's on your life. You might have even forgotten about it. You might have even said, I can't remember that or this. But God says, no, I remember all things. It's all in my perfect timing. And he showed up at that moment in a burning bush. And even after all this time, he led him to, he led him to, to that place of, of, of patience. But he led him there, but he didn't leave him there. And he showed up at a drop out of nowhere after 40 years of waiting. So you might be in the house tonight and you said, you know, Pastor Caleb, I, I, I messed up. I really look at how Moses was impatient and tried to put his purpose in the microwave. Like, I, like that looks like me, how my life was. And I think I've messed up and I've, I've tried. Maybe my, my purpose is behind me. But can I encourage you? It doesn't matter what you did wrong. It doesn't matter who you upset. It doesn't matter what was committed. All by the name of Jesus and by his forgiveness, you can be right on track with your purpose. Hey, look, you want to know what I really love about our God? Is that it doesn't matter how much you are messed up. God is still bigger than your mess ups. It doesn't matter how much you think you've done wrong. God is big enough to make you right again. It doesn't matter how many steps you've taken in the wrong direction. All it takes is one step in the right direction, and you're right back on the path that God wants you to have. This is point three for tonight. It's that it's never too late to be patient. It's never too late to be patient. If you're in this house, you're saying, I'm too old to be patient. I'm about to... I don't know how much time I got left. No, you still got time to be patient. Don't give in to the world. Don't give in to temptation. Don't give in and say, I'm running out of time. No, you always have time to be patient. You always have time to trust God. You always have time. You have that moment. You have that opportunity. You have that on the inside of you. You always have time to be patient. It's never too late. It's never too late. If you're in this house, you're saying, I... I feel like my purpose is behind me. I feel like I left it behind. Maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're the one who says, I've been running away from my purpose for years, for decades. But can I say, it's not too late to be patient. It's not too late to say, God, I, forgive me for what I've done. God, put me back on track to trust your timing. Put me back on track to follow after your path. Put me back on that, God, because I want to be patient for my purpose. I, want, I don't want to be the one who keeps on trying to push and keeps on trying to make things happen and keeps on stressing about this and that. No, I want to be the one that has peace in my soul to know that my purpose isn't just in 
man's hands. My purpose is in God's hands. And if I give him control, and if I give him leading, if I say it's never too late, it's never too wrong, it's never too bad to always say, God, I surrender myself to you. If you just keep that mindset, I'm telling you, it's never too late to be patient. It's never too late to say, God, I trust you. I trust you with the timing. I trust you that this is going to happen. I trust you that if I just keep on following after your plan, it's going to come into fruition. The number one lie of the enemy is saying, God forgot about you. God's, God doesn't know what he's doing. The enemy will try to whisper in your ear, hey, you can make it happen on your own. Oh, you want to go here? You want to go there? You can do it on your He will try to whisper that to you because he knows that if you try to get outside of what God is trying for you to do and get outside of his timing, get outside of his plan and become impatient, we'll never step into our purpose. We'll never step into everything that God has for us. But let me encourage you, there's nothing more sweet than the purpose of God that he has on your life. There's nothing more fulfilling than knowing that you're doing what God wants you to do. There's nothing more peace-filled than being in the purpose of God. Because you might be saying, what's the point of purpose? What's the point of, of being in, in, in God's will? What's the point of it all? Can I say it? it's in God's purpose is when you can have true peace? It's in God's purpose to win even when the world's freaking out. Because I don't know about you, the world's freaking out about a lot of things all the time. But it's in God's purpose and will that you can have peace no matter what. It's in God's purpose that somebody can come up to you and say the worst things to your face. And then the, the old you would have been the one to sprout out and say it right back to them. But because you're in God's timing and God's will and you're walking in God's purpose, you still have the peace and really have what's on side of you to be able to communicate in the way that God wants you to communicate. That's what's having purpose in your life. It's being able to have that self-control. It's, be, it's being able to walk exactly the path that God wants you to walk. Will you stand with me tonight? I'm closing. So Moses, we're catching the, this picture. He's, he, at age 40, he tried to speed up what God was trying to, to really place on his life. He, he tried to speed up. He put it in a microwave, and when he took a bite of it, it burnt his tongue. So much so that he was on a run for 40 years. So much so that he was, he, he thought that it was out of the cards for him to go back to Egypt. So much so that he thought that he would never go back. But can I say God's purpose will always lead you to where you thought that you could never go. God's purpose will always take you to place where you're saying, God, I don't know how that's possible. That's God's purpose. It's when you don't know how it's possible. But by God, he's the one who makes it possible. That's God's purpose. You say, God, I, I, I don't have the resources. I don't have the time. I don't have the plans. I'm sure Moses was 80. And you're saying, God, you're calling me now? What about 40 years ago? I was ready to go. I, I was ready to fight. I was ready to go all in on this. But now you're calling me at 80 like I barely walk. That's God's purpose. It doesn't align with your perfect timing. It aligns with his perfect timing. It doesn't align when you think, oh, now is exactly when it's supposed to happen. No, it aligns when God says, now it's supposed to happen. That's when God's purpose aligns with exactly what God is getting you to do. It's always when we're saying, Father, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know exactly where, or I don't know exactly the resources are going to come from, but I trust you. That is God's purpose and God's plan when it's not about yourself. Forty years ago, Moses went and he tried to make his purpose happen. At the age of 40, he committed a, a, a crime I'm sure he never thought he would commit. 
And the fellow Hebrews looked at him and he said, who are you? Who are you to lead us? Who, who made you prince? In Exodus 3, verse 13, Moses is protesting God, saying, send anybody else but me, God. Send, send anybody else. I'm old. I'm, uh, I feel like my purpose is behind me. I've, I've made mistakes with my life. I'm broken. He's, he's, he's saying, send anybody else. And I'm sure really what I think came and maybe came to his mind is that he began to think about the last time he tried to pursue his purpose. He started to think about the last time he tried to make this happen on his own. And he felt the pain. He felt the hurt. And it came to his mind when his fellow Hebrews even said, who are you? to lead us who made you prince and judge over us and in verse 13 it says Moses protested if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you they will ask me what is his name what should I tell them and God replied Moses I am who I am say this to the people of Israel I am has sent me to you I am has sent me to you. When Moses first tried to make his purpose happen, he sent himself. He wasn't following nobody. He wasn't following God. He was following his own ambition. He was following his own plan. And so when he came to the Hebrew people, he was coming at his own intuition. He was coming at his own timing, and he's trying to make what was not supposed to happen at that time happen. But the next time he went, he wasn't leading himself. He was following after God. And God said, look, you're not going by yourself anymore. God said, look, it's before you try to make it happen on your own and you got heartbroken, before you try to make it happen on your own and you felt this, this weight come against you and you got misunderstood and now you're confused. But I can say, now that you're in my timing, now that you've given it up to me, now that you've surrendered, you're not going on your own anymore. You're not going by yourself. When you go to the people of Israel, tell them the great I am sent you, not yourself. But the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has sent you to free them from their slavery. This is what I want to close with tonight's closing thought is this. is when we are patient, God supplies the power to reach our purpose. When we are patient, God supplies the power. When we are patient, God supplies the means. When we are patient, God supplies the way. See, when Moses was impatient, he was doing it all by himself. He was trying to make it happen. And by himself, he was only over, able to overcome one Egyptian. And if you know the story of Exodus, when God was with him, he was able to overcome a whole army of Egyptians. Let that be a picture to us that if we try to make our purpose happen on our own, we're not going to accomplish much. If we try to make our purpose happen quickly, we're not going to accomplish much. But when we say, God, I surrender to you, God, I'm going to be patient with my purpose. When we say, God, I surrender it all to you. That's when God says, I can trust this person. I can trust him with my power. I can trust him with my authority. And now when he goes into battle, he's not going to be by himself. Now when he goes into that place, he's not going to be on his own. But now when he goes, he's going to have the grace and the anointing for it. And that's when you're going to be able to go in. And whatever mountain that was in front of you is going to look like an anthill. Why? Because that is what God's power looks like. With every head bowed and eyes closed, what I want to pray over tonight is this. 
If you're in this house and you're saying, I'm confused about my purpose. I've tried to make it happen on my own. Or, or I've been heartbroken. I've been hurt by people. I've been, I've been trying to make this happen. And this feels like it's been uh, one thing after another of confusion. And uh, one thing after another feeling like it's been a setback. And, and I've been trying and now I'm losing hope. Can I say it's never too late to be patient again. It's never too late to give God trust again. It's never too late to say, God, I'm going to let go of the reins and I'm going to hand it over to you. I'm going to let go of this. I'm going to hand you control. I'm going to surrender everything to you. Come on, if that's you in this place tonight, we're going to pray right now. Father, I thank you, God, for giving peace to every person. God, I thank you right now for giving confidence to every person about their purpose. That God, that they understand that they haven't been called by the world. They haven't been called by people. They haven't been called by some occupation, but they've been called by the Spirit of God. They've been called by the Creator of Heaven for a purpose such as a time that is needed in this season. And I thought that they have not been forgotten, that you have not forgotten about them, that you have not forgotten what you placed on their hearts, on their minds, that you placed that passion on the inside of them for a reason. God, give them the confidence, give them the joy, give them the unction, give them the realization that if they just trust you with the time if they're just patient with their purpose god that they're going to see everything come into fruition they're going to see their children come back to you father they're going to see their business begin to grow they're going to see god the the fruit of the harvest and it's not going to be done by their hand it's not going to be done by our strength but god it's going to be done by the spirit father that you supply it's going to be done by the anointing that you have it's going to be done god by the grace that you have placed on the inside of us, God. Encourage every person in the sound of my voice. God, right now as we begin to sing together, if that is you, if you just need to say, I need to give God control again. I need to give God uh, the, the, the plan again. I just need to trust after him. If that is you, just right now draw a circle around yourself. Begin to sing out to him. Give him praise and give him worship. And you're going to feel grace for your purpose once again. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.